Did you get anything good for Christmas, by the way? I never even asked you. Um, not really. My family decided not really to do Christmas presents, um, which was kind of nice because it saved me a hell of a lot of money. <laughs> I'm not mad about it. Um, but yeah, my the, nana... The Christmas present was... The Christmas present is you don't have to spend money. Yeah, basically. So I get to keep the cash in my bank account. Um, but my nana did the classic grandma thing of giving me and my brother cash. And I thought it was just $50. And then I unraveled it and it was two $50 notes. And I was stoked. And I said to her, because my nana used to be a seamstress. I was like, I'm going to go and buy fabric with this. And she was really thrilled. Um, so I'd had $100 nice. to spend on fabric. And I got three projects worth of fabric with it today. Um, nice. So, yeah, that was really nice. That was kind of like a Christmas present for myself in a way but my dad ended up getting a Christmas present from both my brother and I because we found things as we were going through that we were just like oh that is that sounds like dad and dad's so hard to buy for normally that it was just like a joy that we found something that we could get for him um but yeah we didn't really do Christmas presents in general so we haven't talked about what you got for Christmas other than your record player your record player was a big exciting one but yeah, I got a record player, um, which I'm super stoked on, and then um, it's my like, and then for my secret Santa, because that's how my family does it. I got a bunch of yarn dye, um, mm. so I've got new yarn dyes for 2021 um, to practice on. And then what else did I get? Oh, other than that, it was just um, like birthday presents. So I got some like tea, my and. Um, my sister took me out for a pedicure and then my brother got me, I don't know what it is yet. He said, it just is a card that says, give me four hours of your time for an experience you'll never forget. So I don't know what we're doing, but (laughs) that's that's kind of exciting. All right. Yeah. So I'm not really sure what it's going to be, but we'll see. We'll see. We'll update the pod when that happens, because that sounds like it will be quite interesting. Yeah. Yeah, But anyways, hello, everybody. Welcome back to Internet Friends, a podcast where... Two friends who met on the internet talk about life. Uh, I guess that's our intro. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's at the point of the year now. It's the end of 2020. Both of us, we talked about this last week, um, just when we were chatting, just the two of us. It's like both of us are so mentally exhausted right now. that like, And, and emotionally exhausted that it's just, it's impossible to feel like a normal human right now. Um I know. It's just I know. It's so funny to me too cuz I keep I keep seeing all these memes being like, "Oh, like thank God this year's over. Like, let's make 2021 better." And I'm like, "If you are anywhere in the world except for New Zealand, what in God's name makes you think that 2021 is going to be any better?" Like, <laughs> yeah, and I mean, honestly, New Zealand things could turn to shit here again at some point. Like, there's no there's no promises. We've still got a pandemic raging around the world. Like, I think that yeah. we're all in a state of like, okay, 2020 is over cool that's a piece of history what kind of shit could happen this year (laughs) coming i think we're all trying to mentally prepare ourselves for the possibility of just more garbage if there's fire breathing cannibals in 2021 i'm not even going to be surprised anymore this is the thing the things that i just don't bat an eyelid at anymore like news articles happen i'm just like okay cool and just rolls right off my back it's like doesn't well, it's matter like, i was talking to you about this um yesterday how there was like a major bombing on christmas day in nashville and it yeah. didn't make any news anywhere because yeah. that's the kind of year 2020 is right yeah. like like where nobody... a bombing doesn't even like blanky blank yeah nobody died except for the suicide bomber so it didn't make headlines anywhere and like still it's like yeah. a notable important piece of news and oh my god it did so much destruction once i looked at looked it up and found the photos 
but yeah it just it wasn't it didn't make the news headlines because there were more important things happening elsewhere and like more people dying from covid for it to make any real dent in the news you know that's wild to think about but so today we thought we could talk about kind of like a little bit of a 2020 wrap up the year that was the shit show that it was and we Mm -hmm. could kind of talk about some of our favorite things maybe some of our least favorite things as well um because that's always fun to to trash about certain things yeah um (laughs) i thought that we should probably start with um just like the year that was in general have a chat about what our years looked like a little bit um and then we can go into having some fun about like our favorite things that got us through the year that was 2020 (laughs) and the least favorite things the things that were just like not not worth my time during a pandemic (laughs) Well, if there is one thing that I'm grateful for that 2020 has, or maybe not grateful for, this is a things. My alcohol tolerance has gotten to an all time peak because I've been drinking so much wine. <laughs> yeah, that that's like a that's like a pro and a con at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no longer really experiencing wine hangovers because I can drink about two bottles to myself and not feel it because I've been drinking Jeez, so much of it. So that's so much yeah, cool. <laughs> I know my alcohol I haven't I haven't been at this level of alcohol tolerance since I backpacked Europe and was just drinking my face off I think my tolerance has gone down to be honest I say that what as I'm drinking a glass of wine by the way guys yeah if I'm honest I'm feeling like I should abandon (laughs) the pod for a minute and go and get myself a glass of wine Oh no. I see just a frozen face of her can, looking at me with a cute smile. Oh, I think maybe she might be back. Are you cute there? I can hear you. Can did you hear I me? Did I freeze? I think we froze. Yeah, we did. You were, oh, you were still moving yeah. and talking. I could hear you the whole time. But Oh, yeah. I just lost you. It's uh it's cold as balls here and our Wi-Fi router is downstairs, which we have to put a heater down in downstairs because um, there's no heat down there, and if the router gets too cold, then the Wi-Fi stops working. So it could just be that. I forgot that that happens to you. Yeah, the, it never gets cold yeah. enough here for that to be a problem. <laughs> but also, our router is inside. It's five degrees and raining right now, which is basically the coldest it gets here in Vancouver, and it's miserable. It's like the worst because it's very humid, and it like it basically it doesn't matter how many layers you put on, it's always cold. I'm just gonna quickly look up um what the temperature is here just for contrast because if you Ugh. weren't aware lovely listeners i don't want to know new zealand <laughs> is in the opposite hemisphere which means we are in summer um Fuck, i was looking at perth because i always like torture myself by looking at my favorite city's um weather all the time mm. and perth is like 39 degrees right now and i'm Oof. like god dang it that's way too hot though if it's like 22 degrees at night like you're fucking laughing i wish Mm. Um, we are a lovely mild high of 22 complete sunshine no rain no clouds humidity of 64 percent which is actually pretty low for Auckland I will say Um, so yeah it's actually been like a lovely temperate day sunny outside warm it wasn't so hot that I couldn't wear jeans jeans were just uncomfortable because they're jeans and they suck a bit Um, but yeah the weather's been nice so basically what you're telling me is that you have my absolutely favorite weather today yes I was about to call it that, but... <laughs> yeah, you basically have a Coley day. Coley's <laughs> mm-hmm. favorite is, like, early 20s, not too humid, not raining at all. <sighs> yeah, like, 60% humidity, lower 20s, max is, like, 25. 
Yeah. But like 22 to 25, maybe maybe the slightest breeze if you're on the higher end of the low 20s, but fuck. God, I'm so jealous. Yeah, there's yeah, I, it's cold I will here. say it's pretty windy here, um which is not great, but I can't really complain that much, so. It's a fresh yeah. wind apparently, 31 kilometers per hour. <laughs> the weather thing's calling it fresh. You know what's so funny is that um whenever we talk about like wind we get wind warning text messages to our phone from like bc weather and (laughs) we'll get a wind warning text once it hits like 30 to 35 kilometer winds because Mm. that means the seas are pretty rough um that's like an average day where julian comes from and he like they only get wind warnings if it hits like 100 kilometer hour winds and so they quite commonly are like experiencing 60 70 80 100 110 maybe even kilometer winds Too much. and so him and his mom always are like joking with each other whenever um julian gets a a, a wind warning text message for 30 kilometer winds <laughs> that was one thing that happened this year is we had um a freak wind gust on a windy day that threw a big um truck into the bridge supports on our harbor bridge and oh, damaged yeah. the bridge that, that was, was a, a big freak, 2020 thing. A freak. I mean, big and is relative, right? I mean, it closed the bridge for five well, days and screwed up the Auckland you. traffic. Yeah, like it's it was it was big <laughs> Auckland news because it screwed our traffic up for like five days. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so not much happens in your gusts, country. So <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, the biggest thing that's happened in the news, sad as is, is a um, kid at a music festival died from a, like a dodgy drug of some description. Um, but we're allowed to do music festivals. So, like, even in the scheme of things, like, as sad as that is, it's also, like, you know. That's just, like, so foreign to, like, 99% of the world right now. Like, the I idea know. of a music festival, to me, is, like, laughable. Like, I forget what that kind of stuff is. Like, I, I don't even know when the next time I'll be able to go to a concert is. Maybe 2022? Yeah. Maybe. If everyone does get vaccinated this year by the end of the year, like the Canadian government is promising, but... Yeah, and then you've got, like, the U.S., which is where all the artists are. So, like, no one's going to come and tour a little Canada if they can't make their money off of the U.S. So, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's been a really nice year for um, New Zealand music, I will say, because the only people that can perform here are either Kiwis or bands who are committed to coming over here and doing the two-week quarantine and then going out and doing the festival circuit, of which there are a few bands mm-hmm. I've I've heard. Um but a lot of the music festivals are Kiwi lineup, which is really, really cool. Um, it becomes this very like homegrown, lovely feeling festival when you go to it, which is kind of nice. It's like the one, the one thing that the pandemic yeah. has done is create like even more community feel in New Zealand, especially like it's a lot of supporting mm-hmm. local and going out and like trying to build up our own economy and support our local artists and like from from printmakers to like like visual artists and illustrators to like music artists and all those sorts of things it's been like a very big let's all get us through the effects of the pandemic and like support each other and build each other up and as a result Mm -hmm. we're like functioning pretty well as a as an economy in general in New Zealand which has been kind of nice and just seeing that element like when you just talk to people as well and seeing how they're like actively trying to buy local and support Kiwis rather than buying overseas and getting it shipped in things like that it's been really quite mm-hmm. nice to experience if there's any silver lining that comes out of the shitstorm that is 2020 that's got to be one of the things that's been quite nice to notice yeah like everyone i know when talking like uh about like buying stuff for christmas almost everybody bought 
99% of their Christmas gifts this year locally because Canada Post is such a mess right now because of um, COVID-19 and so is USPS. And mm. so uh, the idea of shipping anything from the States, which is where a lot of Canadians do, is like absolutely unhurt, like insane. Mm. But um, yeah, like everyone I know, including myself, like I bought all of my Christmas presents this year locally from local um, stores because... That's the only thing you really could do to guarantee that they would be here on time or buy it from Amazon because Amazon seems to be the only company that's still able to ship um, in their designated time frame right now, which um, no one really wants to give Bezos any more money after reading how much he made this year. So everyone bought locally, which is really cool. Yeah. And as I was saying before, like any silver lining that we can get out of this year, I think is worth really celebrating a lot because um, mm-hmm. it's been a crappy year on so many different fronts so many different fronts but like any little positive thing that we can get out of this year is is good yeah I know I just I just keep laughing at people being like 2021 like the year of like silver linings I'm like I, where do you think this pandemic is going US like where do you think that you think that it's gonna get better for you guys you think mm-hmm. it's getting better here anytime soon I mean <laughs> even teachers who are they're like frontline workers teachers aren't even getting vaccinated until like March or I'm sorry not March uh until like May so like, <laughs> like we're still in this for almost all of 2021 guys just I hope you realize that for anyone who's not Charlotte, but buckle in. <laughs> yeah, um, at least for the Americans, they're going into a year with um, Biden as president. Yes, so, a president that actually acknowledges that the virus is real and a problem. Mm-hmm. So major, that'll be good. Major step forward, which is sad. <laughs> Acknowledging the the virus is a thing. Small small baby steps for the Americans. Bless their souls. But, like, we all know that, like, half of that population still isn't going to listen to any kind of mandates that come through. Like, even if they mm. did a federal mask mandate, half of them aren't going to listen. And if no. you put in, a fe- like, a federal, like, closure of things, people are still going to riot and do whatever. Like, it's just a country that's so divided right now. So, at least we don't live there. <laughs> yes, silver linings for Coley and I. We're not American. <laughs> And I don't mean that as any offense to any of my American listeners here, by the way. Any no. of our American people. We tease you lovingly as two very small countries in comparison to yours. That, I like, just, yeah. I'm sure that also most of the people who listen to this are on kind of the same page as us. Yeah, I just wouldn't want to live there. Like... Mm-mm. Never. Someone someone asked me, I did, a, like, Instagram Q&A a couple of weeks ago, and someone was like... Um, if you could live in one state down in the U.S., which one would you live in? And I was like, could or had to? Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. if I could live in the States, I wouldn't. If I had to, probably Hawaii, which is like the least American state out of the whole. <laughs> That's a good answer, actually. I was just thinking about, I was like, oh, you know, I, I, could, I could do like, the sort of person I am could probably get along pretty well in New York. But um, Hawaii is a good answer oh, God, because no. it's like, it's like so far away New York is so like I I think that you and I are pretty similar I thought I would love New York New York is it's too much Mm. it's too big it's too chaotic for me like it it's something that like is so much fun to visit for like five days but after five days I'm like I need some trees yeah I had wondered about that I I remember when I went to Melbourne um a couple years ago I got a bit stir crazy because I couldn't see the ocean you would hate New York then. Yeah. If you think 
<laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. It, it would be yeah, different. Melbourne, because Me- <laughs> Melbourne's like, I'd Melbourne's kind of, it. yeah. Melbourne yeah, it's pretty, is like, it's pretty intense. Melbourne's a bit closer to Wellington and vibe than it is to Auckland. Um, but even like that massive river that runs through the middle of Melbourne doesn't really count. Like I'm so used to seeing the no, ocean No, you have to daily. go out to like St. Kilda. You have to go out to like St. Kilda area. Even that's, then it's, That's where you see it's the ocean. ugly. It's not pretty ocean. You know what I mean? No, no, no. Yeah, you have to go down to like the Great Ocean Road, which is like a two uh, hour and a bit drive like east of melbourne south southeast of melbourne i'm trying to like think on a map yeah like um like um um torquay torquay and like where the um 12 apostles is that that kind of like whole drive is really pretty but Mm. still or anglesey is really pretty but i would never want to live in um melbourne personally yeah i don't think i could i like i like perth more i'm more of a west coast girl till i die i've never even in australia i've never been to anywhere in oz other than melbourne so i can't mm. say well when i eventually am able to move to perth for and do a working holiday visa there then you can come visit me because it'll be way cheaper oh i will okay. like flights yeah. to perth are like they're not cheap because it's like the far side of australia from us but it's cheaper than flying to canada <laughs> Hey, when I did my, uh, when I was flying, because uh, I was supposed to fly from Perth back to you before I came home on my trip that was supposed mm. to be in 2020. Oh, yeah, um, that's I got one my... downside for 2020 is you weren't able to come I... to New Zealand. I know. Um, I got my flight for 300 bucks. Okay, that's not bad. One way. Yeah. Yeah, so I bet you could find, I, I bet you could find, um, you just have to look for the deals. And yeah. sometimes the flight times aren't great. Like, I remember the flight time not being great, but eh. I, don't I don't care really, about that stuff. I don't really mind about that either. Um I'm not, yeah. I won't be going to visit you to be productive. I'll be going there to, like, do not much. So being tired is kind go of on, okay. Go on a wine tour through Margaret River and mm. go and do some beach stuff. Yeah. Oh. oh, that's some of the things that you mean you need to do when you come down here. The last couple of days we've been talking about, like, more things to add to the list that we're going to do when Cole comes to visit. Um, I know. I have to come for, like, six weeks now, I feel like, because at least, to I, be able to do all the things we want to do. I Honestly, yeah, <laughs> I think it's starting to become a bit like that, because otherwise we're not going to have time to do everything properly. I know. Especially if we have to go to Hobbiton, because Hobbiton's, like, far from Auckland. Oh, you can do Hobbiton in a day trip if you try hard enough. It's not that far away. It's only a few hours away. Is it? I feel like, I feel like it was far. No, it was only a couple of hours, I'm pretty sure. I'll Google Maps it, it while we keep talking. Isn't it on the South Island? No, it's on the North Island. Oh. I, so, for anyone's listening, here's a 2020 positive. I've finally seen Lord of the Rings. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, okay, this is, like, a bit of a shitty thing to admit as a Kiwi. I should really have um, watched more of it. I've not seen Lord of the Rings since I was, like, nine, and I've never seen The Hobbit. Shoot me. <laughs> to be Okay, so, so now that I've seen... Okay, so I've watched all three Lord of the Rings, and we have watched two of the three hobbit movies i'm gonna watch the last one with my mom and julian after this because my mom's been watching the hobbit movies with us mm. i hot take i think i like the hobbit movies more than the lord of the rings interesting the hobbit ones were done later so it's possible they sort of found their feet a little bit with lord of the rings and then coming back to do the hobbit was like like they're both epically made. They're, like, incredibly beautiful. They're really well. But I've, mm. I maybe it's because I've already watched Lord of the Rings, so I'm finding it easier to follow the story because I understand the world now. Yeah. But, like, I for the first, like, two and a half Lord of the Ring movies, I was confused. <laughs> yeah. 
I I remember being a bit confused by it. To be fair, though, I haven't watched them since I was quite young, and I do need to rewatch them. They're just such a big commitment. <laughs> it's a lot. I still think the movies are too long. I still think that it should have been like six movies, not th- uh, three. Because the the extended version is like over four hours long. Like a two hour movie is considered a long movie, but yeah. no, they have to be like, I'm going to make you sit here for four and a half hours. No one, no one, no. Mm-hmm. I know no. what you mean. I'm just not, in, I'm not into that. I'm not, I'm not into it. It's a lot. <laughs> so um, so a I haven't note, seen the extended versions. No, the extended versions are a lot. I don't think you really need to unless you're like really into it. And then, then by all means, go and watch the extended versions. But the normal versions yeah. are enough. Um, it's a two-hour drive to Hobbiton from Auckland, by the way. That's it. Yeah. Interesting. I feel like I feel like my my geography of um, New Zealand is so warped. Yeah, Hobbiton's now. not like where a lot of the movies are filmed around Mount Cook and stuff. It's just in the middle of nowhere no, in the North Island. <laughs> It is true that like watching the Lord of the Rings movies like really made me like home not homesick but like like I had v- very much so like New Zealand sickness like I was sad about the fact that I couldn't go on my trip because it's just basically one large walking advertisement for New Zealand and it's mm. specifically like the South Island Mount Cook's um, National Park and like Queenstown and like everything around it like every three minutes I'm like hey Julian I think we went there hey don't you recognize <laughs> there and he's like yes Coley this is where we went I tried to tell you this while we were there and I was like man I wish I, I knew this when I went <laughs> straight over your head before because you had no idea what was going yeah. on yeah yeah I mean you can totally be forgiven it's a bit more um, not sinful necessarily, but it's a bit stranger that me as an, like an adult Kiwi haven't seen the movies since I was quite young. Like I should have rewatched yeah. them at some point, but. And you know what? I remember us doing pub night. That's one of my favorite parts of 2022 was us doing pub nights on Zoom. Yeah, but, uh, we did a lot of those when we were all in lockdown and stuff. That was cute. I just remember your friend uh, Brandon being like saying that Lord of the Rings was like the best written like uh, books of all time and then like he brings harry potter as number two and i was like i i adamantly disagree with you <laughs> <laughs> yeah don't um yeah i don't know where grace stands on the books but i know that she's like very passionate about the movies um the movies are fantastic i will mm. give that and it's very obvious that um a lot of these fantasy writers that came out a lot later than lord of the rings so jk rowling or even like sarah j mass or like i've talked to you about this before there's a lot of fantasy mm. books that have come out in later years that are clearly influenced by lord of the rings a lot of the imagery in lord of the rings is translated into harry potter and that was really interesting um, for me to see I still think the books aren't great <laughs> yeah they're I've, very hard to read I've not tried to read them ever because I haven't ever had an interest in doing so personally but um yeah so I a lot say. of people like a lot of people like the unabridged or like the bridged versions which mm-hmm. are like the shorter um things but they only like it because they basically take out all the fluff that uh, Tolkien like put in there like they're they're not easy they're like very dense books to read so mm. you have to be you have to be a true fan let's yeah. put it that way yeah and i mean there are plenty of them out there so i don't think that there's any love lost that i'm not like super into them so yeah well should we use that as a good way to transition into like what our favorite should we do books movies what should we do first because those are both of those i mean should we do movies because i don't really watch movies i don't really have anything mm-hmm 
interesting to say about this. It was a, a year of not being able to really go out to the movies. Um, and yeah. I haven't really watched anything super notable this year that I was just like, oh my God, that's so exciting. Because I'm not super into movies in general. So I've not really yeah. watched that many movies. Um, but what would you say was the best movie you saw this year? Do you have one? Probably Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Because I'm pretty sure it's the only movie I've watched this year. Yeah. <laughs> I relate to that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a good uh, one to have um, actually got through. It's it's a big commitment to, like, say, I'm going to watch all of the Lord of the Rings movies and just do it. Yeah. I, I, I watched a lot more, like, I, we binge watched quite a few TV shows, though, on Netflix. Like, I think it was more of a year of, like, a TV series that you could binge than it was movies. Yeah, I, I needed something to distract my brain for a longer period of time that didn't require as much focus. Movies require a bit too much brain, like, activity from me, if you know what I mean. Yeah. So what's your favorite, like, TV show that came out? It doesn't even have to have come out this year, but that was, like, your thing of 2020. I really, like, along with many, many other people, I really enjoyed the, enjoyed the Queen's Gambit. It was very yeah, good. I haven't seen it yet. You, I, I know that you said, you said a couple of podcasts ago that you were just like, everyone's telling me that I have to watch The Queen's Gambit and all these other things. I think you should really watch it. It is very, very well done. Um, I've watched I it know, twice it's so now. so hard for me. It's so hard for me because I like always like get told I need to watch things and then I like it stresses me out and so I don't do it. Yeah, I know. I, I am one of those like really frustrating people where if someone tells me that I need to do something, I like adamantly just don't want to do it. And I fight like 180 against whatever they're telling me I have to do, um, mm-hmm. especially with like recommendations and stuff, which is why it took me so long to get on to Billie Eilish, because everyone's just like, oh, my God, you need to listen to Billie Eilish. I'm just like, ah, oh, she can't all be all that. She is all that. She's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, she's incredible. But yeah, Queen's Gambit was really good. I also watched the latest season of The Crown which was a joy. Um, And as always, I very much enjoyed that there was a lot of um, Drag Race content this year that they managed Mm -hmm. to keep releasing because they filmed it all before COVID. And on the 2nd of January, we're getting a new season because I think they did like a quarantine lockdown thing with all the queens and did a filming um, this year. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so there's actually a new season coming, and I am a big fan of Drag Race. I was in, I was at the mall yeah. with Zara just before, and we were in a shop, and they had two Billie Eilish songs in a row, which was very cool. And then it jumped into a RuPaul song, and I was just like, wow, I watch way too much Drag Race. I know exactly what this is, but also, like, what a playlist. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think my favorite show to come out this year, and I, I had to think, um, but um, I, I forgot that this had come out this year and then I remembered it did. But mine was Normal People for sure. Oh, my God. That was this year. It Crap. was. I w- I've watched it three times. <laughs> I need to I watch know, it again. I, I, yeah, I, I freaking. Oh, my God. I am so in love with Paul Meskel. It's mm. not even funny. Mezcal, Mezcal, I don't know how you pronounce his name. I don't care. He's incredible. He played Connell. I could watch him every day of my life. I literally am so obsessed with his Instagram. I have people who follow me on Instagram that know that I'm obsessed with him who um, literally message me new pictures of him every day. And I am Cute. so grateful for it. It's like my 2020 like things. And I think Daisy Edgar Jones is just like absolutely insane as well. And I love her so much. I like... Yeah, no, both of them. I, gosh, normal people was just my my thing this year. I, I think. totally forgot the normal people came out this year. That's how like 
messed up in the brain. Note that the things that I chose as things that came out this year were things that came out later in the year because my brain can't yep. process what happened at the beginning of 2020 anymore. Yeah. So I was watching I was watching um, Simply Podlogical's um, 2020 wrap up that they did earlier today. And mm-hmm. one of the TV shows that they mentioned was Tiger King. And I forgot that Tiger King came out this year. Mm-hmm. Um, my if I had to pick a worst of 2020, that would be it. I can't believe I wasted my time watching it. I hated it so much. Mm-hmm. But I didn't watch it because you uh, told me not to waste my time on it. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, if you want to watch a bunch of animal abuse and, like, people just being fuckheads, then maybe, but, like, it wasn't my thing. But I, yeah, I was like, oh, my God. And then also, like, the bushfires in Australia happened this year. Remember when people thought that that was going to be the biggest thing of 2020? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, it, it's it's not funny. It's interesting because the beginning of the year, like, in New Zealand, because we're so close to Oz, like, our skies were, like, bright orange and, like, hazy and gray for like a couple of days there because of how bad yeah, the we fires have, were over in Oz. We should have u- known that that was like an ominous start to 2020, but instead we were like, oh, okay, the worst is behind us. And then little did we know. So many bad things to follow. Um, yeah. I don't really have a worst TV show of the year because I didn't really watch anything ultimately that was like total trash. Um, I'm just trying to think. I rewatched all of Game of Thrones with Mum during lockdown. That was oh yeah, a big. I move. still haven't seen that. Yeah, still haven't seen Game of Thrones. But maybe I should because I always thought that like the reason I I wouldn't like Game of Thrones is because I was like not really keen on watching Lord of the Rings or any of these things. But I've actually watched Lord of the Rings now and I liked it, so maybe I would like Game of Thrones. Yeah, I mean the thing with Game of Thrones is that you will get I mean kind of like Lord of the Rings to a certain extent you'll get emotionally attached to characters that will die <laughs> like hands down um George yeah. R. R. Martin is like a bit of a savage um yeah but it's it's good and I think it's something that you should watch so you understand the references that people make it is just like a, it's a bigger commitment than Lord of the Rings like it's it's a hefty commitment I know, and everyone every day is telling me a new TV show. Like, my sister, she's like, <laughs> she, I swear to God, every day that we sit down at dinner, she's like, have you guys seen this one on Netflix yet? And I'm like, how do you watch so much TV? I don't understand, because there's, like, I just, I haven't even, I, I'm still on Grey's Anatomy at this point. <laughs> like, I mean, to be fair, though, Grey's Anatomy is long. Yeah, that's true, that's true. It's taken up, like, half of my 2020, it feels like, at this point. And oh, I'm still, like... Jules and I, like, we've taken a little bit of a break from it because the season we're on is kind of like one of their dead seasons, and so it's mm. making a struggle to get through it. I, um, yeah. I kind of forgot. I rewatched the entirety of How I Met Your Mother in the last month and a half, too. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Mm, I enjoyed I that. Still, I'm, still, I'm still mad about the ending. Yeah, me too. I um, still think that they, they ruined it, but that's fine. Is it spoilers if we tell people what, if we, if we talk about it? It's been long enough, I feel like, right? Yeah, okay, so if you haven't watched the ending of How You Met Your Mother, one, go do that, but two, sorry if we spoil this, but I think the fact that Robin is, like, like, and him end up together is just such bullshit because they do this whole, like, character growth of him, tr- like, getting over her and um, finding the mother of the kids, and then also Barney and Robin's relationship is so much better, in my mm-hmm. opinion, and so great, and then they just, like, fucking ruin it in the last 
episode and they're yeah. like it's like oh let's take all this character growth and then shove it out the window i hate when shows do that yeah like i get why they feel like i have a better word like killed the mother off like i get that's like an interesting story arc than just having like a a straight happy ending but i wanted it to have a straight happy ending he went through some shit to find her like yeah <laughs> it would have been so much no, better if she was actually a, like survived the whole thing yeah, and even if she died, I still don't think him and Robin should have gotten together. Because, like, their relationship was not good. Yeah, it just pisses me off, but whatever. Can't control it. No, I suppose it's quite real in some ways, but it still pissed me off. You're right, the character development thing being a waste of time was quite frustrating. Yeah, it's the same reason why I'm so mad about how Alex Karev leaves Grey's Anatomy. And I'm not going to tell people how he does if you haven't seen it, because it's actually like season 16 is like one of the more recent ones. Mm. But um, if you know, you know that like he basically goes through like 15 seasons of character development just to go back to what stupid Karev in the first season would do. And it's bullshit. Mm. Yeah. Right. Uh, so what what about what about um, like YouTubers? What, what's been your biggest like YouTube thing of 2020? Well, as we've talked about, I got very much into sewing this year. Um, mm-hmm. And as a result, I started watching a lot of uh, sewing YouTubers. And the one that I'm like the most fascinated by is Bernadette Banner. And I've mentioned her before because she's the one that does the like 1890s historical dress, um, mm-hmm. like accurate re- um, recreations. She lives in New York currently. Um I know it's it, she's just really interesting and she produces her videos so well and I really enjoy watching her videos when they come out like there's a lot of different YouTubers that I enjoy watching and I watch on a regular basis still um like Jen M's content has become like even more interesting over the last couple of years I've she's gone to like slightly more lifestyle um than sort of just fashion, fashion driven um yeah and I just really like her as a person so all that sort of content is really really good they're the sort of uh, her videos are ones that i tend to look out for quite a lot um Mm -hmm. but yeah like there's lots of them but the ones that i've that come to my brain are those two right away yeah yeah 2020 was a big year for me getting into like booktube i got like really Mm. obsessed into the booktube world and that's how i was introduced to people like noelle gallagher like if i think of like my youtube of 2020 her she her videos is the first that pops into my head like i was just absolutely obsessed with all everything she does and she's also like the sweetest person ever we've dm'd a few times and she's just like such a lovely person and i subscribed to her when she had like twenty thousand followers at the beginning of the year and she just hit 100k at the end of the year so i I got to kind of watch her growth all year long which was really cool too Mm. her channel kind of exploded in um 2020 but uh yeah so her content is one that i like i if i think of like oh what i watched in 2020 was that but then another one that i've been really obsessed with um which like is um kind of funny to me is whitney port who was on the hills Mm. back in 2002 2005 when it was Hills was like my favorite TV show when I was younger. I was obsessed with Lauren Conrad. I like loved all of them. I loved Whitney. I watched Whitney's things. But she has been doing reaction videos and she's been re-watching all of the hills and she re-watched all of the city and she's been doing reaction videos with her and her husband and her husband is a 
used to work at MTV as a producer. So you get the producer's point of view from MTV being like, oh yeah, well they probably did this because of this. And well, Adam probably did this, who was the um, the main producer of the show because he worked with him literally. And him and Whitney met on The City, which is um, Whitney's like spinoff show that she did. And so it's been really fun because not only have been kind of like re-watching one of my old favorites from when I was younger, but I've been getting to hear kind of like their commentary about what's been going on. And that's been something that I've really enjoyed watching in 2020. Yeah, that's kind of cool. Like I, I never watched The Hills, so it was not something that would be up my alley in the slightest. But I can appreciate how interesting that would be. It's like the nostalgia, yeah. but also bringing it modern, doing it 2020 style. That's quite cool. And she, yeah, and Whitney was never, like, really a main character. She was, um, she worked with Lauren at uh, Teen Vogue when they originally started the series. Like, she was kind of, like, a side role, and she wasn't involved in the main drama between, like, Lauren and Heidi and Audrina, who were, like, kind of the main three girls. Um, so it's kind of fun because Whitney gets to kind of, like, have this perspective as, like, who was already kind of an outsider to the drama then, but also now. Um it's been really fun. Yeah. I've been enjoying that a lot. It's a very cool idea. Yeah. And I, I th- and I think, I, and it's funny because you'd think that Whitney's perspective would be the one that is like the most interesting when watching the videos, but it's actually her husband, Timmy, who used to work at MTV as a producer. That's the one that like has been the most fantas- uh, like interesting to me. Wow, what a good idea. I wish they would do that for more shows that we watched as kids like that almost because that would be kind of fun yeah. as a nostalgia spin-off for everything. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I've been really enjoying it. All right, should we... See, I don't... We've got Instagram written down as like one of the ones to talk about, but I'm, I'm hoping that you have something specific in mind because the only thing that I can think of for Instagram is that I just like at the very end of the year started a sewing Instagram and have found that community so there's no one in particular that i'm like super obsessed with but i've been really enjoying being part of that community on instagram yeah like i think for me like in terms of instagram like the thing that's been really interesting to me is like discovering the knitting and like the hand dyed yarn instagram community as well Mm. and i feel i've been able to be so inspired by like some very specific creators people like um explore knits yarn or fiber for the people or um woolberry fibers as well or like some of these yarn hand dyed yarn makers who i've been like really enjoying watching their stories kind of like seeing them conduct their businesses and just in general like diving more i i started a knitting instagram too like you started a sewing instagram i started a knitting instagram and like that community being able to kind of like find an outlet for our 2020 hobbies that we picked up when we were trapped inside sort of thing i mean and jumping back to like positives of 2020 too it's like i think you started knitting before 2020 but you started doing it a bit more seriously this year um yeah like i've knit since i was in high school like on and off like i've done it quite a bit i i did my wool in the gang sweater last year Mm. i um so i've knitted for a long time but it was the first time that i had discovered that there's actually like a young like people my age knitting community and like it was when i discovered hand dyed yarn which has been like mind blown my mind and ravelry i've discovered ravelry which yeah and finding like interesting and modern 
patterns as well and that was the other thing that I struggled with with sewing it's like I wanted to start getting into sewing last year um and I bought fabric because I had this dress that I really loved but they weren't selling anything similar to it anymore um so I decided to get a similar fabric and try and like pattern draft off the original and try and create something similar myself never got around to doing it bought the fabric didn't do it um but then lockdown happened and all the stuff was sitting at mum's place still and we just sort of like played around with it for a bit and because I started watching more YouTube stuff even like thrift flips and all those sorts of things that people were doing I was like I want to start doing Mm -hmm. this stuff because I've always had stuff in my head that I want to make for myself but I can't buy them anywhere so I need to make them for myself otherwise they're not going to exist um and decided to get over my complex of being not liking being bad at stuff embracing the fact that I was going to be bad at it and just doing it anyway and yeah I've like my Coley can see how messy my room is right now but like my room is full of sewing shit everywhere there's like fabric and patterns on my desk and a cutting mat on my desk for my um, rotary cutter my bed has a bunch of fabric on it I had to buy extra storage boxes to store all of my fabric because I was buying so much stuff um mm-hmm. I have bought my mother's ironing board over because she's away on holiday for two weeks currently and doesn't need it. And my dinky bench top iron is not good enough for all my sewing. Um, So I have her big ironing board because I also don't want to spend like a bunch of money on a big ironing board for myself um, because I'm cheap like that. Um, (laughs) Spend money on the pretty things, not the practical things. Um, Always. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But like it's, it's taken over my life in like a really big way and it's got to the point now where I'll be out shopping and you know like it's kind of like the dress that you're wearing like I could make that Mm -hmm. and it's not too terribly difficult to make so like why would I spend $150 on a linen dress like that when I could make it myself and be very specific about the color and the fabric that I make it out of like the the one I bought was $12 okay there's also that but like (laughs) so like I will I will say (laughs) yeah like I haven't stopped buying clothes completely but I would like to um like start minimizing the clothing that I'm buying and just buy stuff that I, I either can't make because it's either too complicated or it's special and buying that yeah um or like jeans because fuck trying to make jeans (laughs) Yeah, I feel that way about, like, like like knitwear, too. Like, I just don't even want to buy knitwear anymore. I just want to, like, sew, uh, knit a bunch of knitwear. And I've always, like, my number one thing in my wardrobe forever has always been knitwear. Like, you've seen my closet. My knitwear mm-hmm. section takes up, like, a th- quarter of my entire wardrobe closet. Yeah. You and I I've got, the same. Like, I've got, like, sp- I think, like, 50 sweaters. and. Yeah could always have more i i'm absolutely obsessed with knitwear so now it's like i'm constantly thinking of like okay well what kind of styles do i want and i would love to get into like designing knitwear patterns once i get better at it and can figure out how to do it Mm. um because i just love knits yeah i want to learn how to pattern draft at some point um Mm -hmm. so that i can actually take the stuff from my head onto paper rather than using drafting is so much fun i I think you'd be good at it I think I would be too, and that's like humble, because um. <laughs> you're good at because th- you're good at problem solving in some aspects, and that's what like that's what pattern drafting is for the most part. It's like mm. a lot of problem solving and being able to look at what you want to create and be able to be like, okay, well, this is what a base would be, and this is how you work off of that. Um, yeah. I, for those of you who don't know, I used to pattern draft all throughout high school and like did like 
a, a lot of sewing in high school. I, I was a big pattern drafter. I wanted to go into fashion design originally. So that's what I um, originally like was uh, working towards applying for at university before everything went in a different direction. But in general, yeah, I loved pattern drafting and I think you'd be good at it. Yeah, I had some good resources around me in Cole, obviously, because she knows what she's talking about. But also my grandmother used to be a seamstress. Um, and my mum mm-hmm. has quite a lot of sewing experience as well. She used to do like, a bunch of classes when she was young. But yeah, you're right about the, um, the uh, problem-solving element of it. I do really like that. Um, it's one of the reasons that I thought I might like to be a lawyer, because I loved the problem-solving element of law. Um, but ultimately realized that my personality type was not going to hack being a lawyer. I'm too sensitive and empathetic. Um yeah, I feel that. <laughs> and like, I can't turn it off enough to be a lawyer. Like, it would destroy my soul very fast, and I probably wouldn't have survived for as long as a lawyer. Um, yeah. But so I'm actually quite glad that I didn't get into law school as demoralizing as it was when it happened. I was trying to get into the hardest law school in the country too, guys. So I'm 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 clever enough. I'm not like super clever, but I'm not. Like, anyway, I'm just trying to make sure my ego is like sufficiently inflated. Still, I'm not like putting myself down too much. Um. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I did do a little bit of like, I took one of my old shirts and like recreated the pattern off that. Like it was similar to what I wanted, but like I traced it and then I like tweaked the pattern, um, made a like a draft out of an old sheet and then tweaked it further. And I really enjoyed that process. Um, so I do want to learn how to do it properly. I don't want to like fumble my way through and like vaguely figure it out. I want to actually learn how to do it with intention. Yeah, like I, I still have my pattern drafting notes from when I did all my pattern drafting uh, uh, classes in high school somewhere. They're in some cupboard. And I have like, I have like a million binders, like full of just like how to take like little um, like bases and like manipulate them in a bunch of different ways. I have like still all of the notes that I took when I tried to design my, I designed my own jean jacket in the 11th grade. um, In a contest, we like literally had to sit for two days and you got to spend one day, um, drafting it and then the next day sewing it and then competed like that way um so god that was so hard (laughs) more reasons it's crap that we live on opposite sides of the world (laughs) yeah if i had more space i think i would sew still but because we i don't have the space for it i don't do it as often yeah it's, it's definitely very space dependent like i barely have enough space in here to do it really um I just I just make it work because honestly I yeah. don't have any other options. Um, yeah. But yeah, like I'm I'm pretty space limited in here. I'm lucky in that the desk that I do have is quite large and I can push my iMac to the very corner and use my whole desk. It's just not very deep, which isn't super useful. But there are worse I think things. If my wa- I think if my walls were straight, I would have a lot more space, yeah. but none of my walls are straight. Yeah. So. <laughs> um, and that's no. not like a, that's not like architecturally faulty. That's like a design feature of it being like yeah, the roof just, of a barn, basically. Yeah, I live in the like in the attic loft of a garage, and so I, it's like everything is angled, and it's a fucking nightmare. I hate it so much. But one day, one day, I'll be able to like sew and knit and dye yarn and do pottery in my own little like crafty room but Mm. yeah big dreams for big kids who live in cities with expensive housing markets i know my ultimate dream is to have my own home library one day Mm, i can see that for you yeah which is why i collect so many books which is also a great transition into like our last category that i think we had which is what was your favorite books of the year which is going to be a slightly lengthy category for both of us, I think, because we have 
I, I think we uh, both should we do a top five and like a worst book of the year. I I was gonna say, I was gonna even say top three. Oh, okay, that's gonna be okay. Because All right, I'm gonna pull up Goodreads in because like that's that's hard. <laughs> okay, yeah, no, let's do top five. Let's do top no, five. I, I'll, okay. I might be able to narrow it down to a top three. I'll have to actually look at Goodreads and like. So I have like a top three and I have a top ten, but I can't I can't reduce the top ten down to a top five in my head. Okay, fine. I will I will work really hard and p- make a top three for you. Just give me a minute to like pull up Goodreads. <laughs> Okay, so should I go first then? Well, first we should celebrate ourselves on both reaching our um, reading goals for 2020. And we should talk about what that we're going to do true. for our reading goals for 2021 because we were talking about this the other oh, day. Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I I read 52 books this year, I think. Ooh. Maybe 51. That's um, a book My a reading week. goal was 50. It is a book a week. Oh my That's gosh, I didn't so even good. think of that. That's so good. Yeah. Well done. And I am for 2021 planning on doubling that and doing a hundred books, which I have no idea if I'm going to be able to do. But you see, the thing is, is I have 170 unread books on my bookshelves right now, and I would really like to reduce that down by half at least. Yeah. And so I'm thinking, like, actually, in my dream world, I would read 150 books next year. But I don't. I know that I'm not that kind of person. So I'm going to try for 100. And if I can do 150, I'll be stoked. I just really want to reduce my bookshelves down to a more manageable TBR that I feel comfortable with. So that's kind of like my goal for um, for 2021. Hey, oh, this is hilarious, though. Do you know who Ariel Bissett is on YouTube? I, I've talked about her a few times here yes, on the I've, booktube thing. Yeah, I know where you're going so, with this too because she she bought a house recently, right? Okay, yes, but did is you that know that for the last no? <laughs> oh, okay. For the last for the last four years, mm. she has made a video on her YouTube channel predicting the Goodreads reading challenge color for the following year. So oh, okay. she like. It's so such a random niche video that she does. But yeah. this year, she just announced on our Instagram that Goodreads is letting her pick the color for this year because they've seen her videos for the last few years of her predicting what the color is and always getting it horribly wrong. Oh, that's and so cool. how passionate she is about the color. So I just saw on Instagram today, she's getting to pick the reading goal um, color for 2021, which I'm so excited to see what she goes with. I swear to God, I, I'm pretty sure she's going to pick yellow because she every year she thinks it's going to be yellow and it's not yellow. But um, if it's yellow, I'm going to crack up laughing and I'll know exactly why. <laughs> yeah. If it, and if it's not yellow, I'm going to be like, what the hell, Ariel? <laughs> okay. So I read um, 18 books this year. My goal is to read 15. Um, I might still finish one more before the end of the year, but I doubt I'm going to have the time to finish two to get to 20. I hoped I would. My cat got sick yesterday. It's been a bit of a distraction. (laughs) We're trying to just work through the end of the year as best as we can. Um, But looking at it, this is kind of hard. I I can narrow it down to... I can narrow it down to a top three, but it's hard to narrow it down to a top three. Well, okay, so let's start with what's your favorite book of the year? Because I'm pretty sure ours is the same thing. Well, yeah, so, but bearing in mind, I read Where the Crawdads Sing this year. Oh, yeah, that's true. And I I read Normal People this year. I thought you read it last year. No, it was was bridged over New Year. 
Oh, yeah, you finished it in January. Oh, that's hard. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, Okay, my, now I understand why you're having a, a problem with top three. <laughs> yeah, and, like, I read a lot of really good books this year because I only really read books that were recommended to me this year or um, were book club reads. Um, yeah, so I'm pretty sure, like, like 90%... Rated 90% of the books you've read this year were me being like, you have to read this. <laughs> yeah, so, like, my my top ones are really hard. So, like, I know that you're going to say The Midnight Library was your top for the year, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that and was my is, favorite. It is in my top five for sure. I don't know if it's my number one because I read so many amazing books this year that I can't choose between them as, like, what is my top book of the year. They all hit me in different yeah. ways. Like... Yeah, I think The Midnight Library is one that I think about all the time. Yeah. And I think that's why it's my number one. It's something that, like, I'm constantly revisiting ideas that that was discussed in the book. Mm. Um, So that's, for me, why it's, like, my number one. But um, I could see that. Yeah, no, that's fair. Matt Haig does a very good job, and we've talked about this before, of bringing very classic philosophical ideas into, like, a modern format to make it easier Mm -hmm. for like the general reading consumer to understand and engage with these ideas um which i think i've mentioned before i majored in philosophy um so like reading his books i find that element of his books really interesting because they are like very traditional um ideas that philosophers have been debating for thousands of years um but put them into fiction and make them a little bit more palatable, a little bit more easy for people to contemplate. And as a result, his books make you think a lot in a really good way about things like happiness and like what your life is and what life should be and all these different things. And I think that it's really quite magical. Honestly, mm-hmm. it is probably going to be my number one, but I did also read some really good books this year. So it's really hard to say like, this was the best book I read this year because they're all great in very different ways like normal people was amazing and i think about that all the time where the crawl dad sing also very good think about that all the time um and then in terms of like non-fiction i read hood feminism this year well we both did but like was mm-hmm. an amazing book um yeah i don't know it was, it's a hard year girl woman other was another one that i really enjoyed this year and i think about quite often yeah that would be in my top 10 for sure girl woman other yeah so like such a fun age just also in my top 10 like and mm. same with like books like i read dear edward this year that was an incredible look at um like a teenage psyche of um like ptsd and someone going through trauma having to learn like the entire concept is this young like i think he's like 13 year old 13 years old and he um Um, is in a plane crash and he's the only person who survives and he has to Mm. move in with his aunt and uncle and has to kind of like deal with the plane crash trauma of not only like watching his family die but then having to be like kind of like looked at this like anomaly of this like survivor and him having to go through that that psyche so that was a really good one i also read throne of glass this year which was so Mm. much fun and i loved it even though it's not like i wouldn't say literary mastery but it's so much fun but and none of those, I would say those are all like in my top 10, but they're not in my top three. Right. So your top three being the Midnight Library. Mm-hmm. What else was in there? Uh, the Rearranged Life of Una Lockhart, for sure. Mm-hmm. I loved that book. I thought it was so fun. I loved the way it was structured. I thought it was super cool. Um, and it like it just yeah it just ticked all my boxes i just thought it was such a good story it's like the entire concept of it is this woman who on her 18th or she's 
I think she's turning 18 or she's turning 19. I can't remember. But she, as the clock strikes midnight, because of course, of course, her birthday is on January 1st, she gets like removed from her body and she wakes up as a 60 year old woman and has to realize that every year on her birthday, she's going to be put into a different year of her life at random. So she goes from being like 18 to 60, back to being like in her 20s to all of a sudden being in her 40s. And she has to kind of like figure out what her herself did the year before with having no context because her whole um shtick is no um no spoilers so she, her past self will never tell her future self what's coming oh wow and that's and so she kind of has to navigate like sometimes she goes in and she's married to someone sometimes she goes in and she's um single and like depressed sometimes she's like an old woman and she has to kind of like navigate all of these relationships and it's it's really cool and then my other one would be the girl with the louding voice which was my favorite one of my favorites all year and I read it back in like February yeah I kind of forgot that you actually read that one this year because COVID has been a thing and this year has felt like several years long um yeah Yeah. I totally forgot that one this year both of those are on my list of like I want to read them soon um, mm-hmm. Because you've been, talking I think you about would love so both of them. Yeah, yeah. So the, the if those of you who don't know, the girl with the loudic voice is basically about this young Nigerian woman who is uh, fourteen years old, and uh, her mom dies, and her dad. Um, her mom always promised her like a life of getting an education, and wouldn't let her get sold off for marriage. But then after her mom dies, her dad basically. Um, ignores those wishes and sells her off as a third wife to a local man who wants her basically to bear him a son as an heir and so she has this traumatic experience that happens with one of the other wives and she basically has to run away and she runs away to the city and she um, is hoping to make a better life for herself and find a way to get an education where she ends up becoming a servant in a wealthy family's family uh, or a wealthy family's household and so the entire story is her working as this servant or this housemaid in this rich Nigerian household whilst trying to find a way to get a scholarship to go back to school and the entire thing is her trying to find her way back to finding an education and um, learning English and making sure she can find her education and it's so well done it's Mm. one of my yeah it's like Abidari um, is like a a phenomenal writer and it it took me a little while to get um, into it because the language is written in broken English the way that um, Aduni would actually speak and then it's interesting because you kind of get to watch her through the books her English improves because she's um, trying to teach herself how to speak better yeah I've read quite a few books um like that over the years and once you're if you're reading it in like big chunks it's easier to get your head around it's when you're reading it like 15 pages at a time you spend so much of that time just reorienting yourself with how she's speaking and like getting through that at the you get into Mm -hmm. the rhythm and then you stop um so like it's okay if you're reading it in bigger chunks I feel because you get used to it and you adjust but if you're reading it in like smaller chunks it tends to take a while to get used to it um but that's actually a Mm -hmm. beautiful like transition thing I'm I'm, I don't know, I'm excited to read it I just haven't done so yet because it's on the big yeah, list and it's of so things subtle. that you tell me to read <laughs> I know I'm constantly like Charlotte you gotta read this Charlotte I just like literally we were on FaceTime the other day and I gave her like an entire list of things to request from the library <laughs> oh yeah I have like 15 requests from the library currently I think that um yeah the girl with the louding voice I maybe didn't request because no I think I did request that and I think I requested Una Lockhart as well no you said that you didn't request Louding Voice because you wanted to buy it. Ah, that's right. See, okay. I have this thing, and Cole and I talk about this on a regular basis. It's like, 
are you recommending me this book is this one that i will be mad about not owning because i like owning books that i can then like loan out to people because they're really special books and books mm-hmm. that i'd like to reread and things like that um and i imagine that a lot of the ones that you recommended recommended to me um i won't be super fussed about because they're just like general light-hearted romances but there's a couple that i have requested that i know I'll probably want to own too yeah and i i, I we'll and i think i've gotten pretty good at i think i've gotten pretty good at being able to tell you okay this is one that you can get from the library and this is one that i think you would want to buy yeah and like i've just purchased um exciting times and and i feel a little bit pissed off with myself for having done that because i'm not enjoying the book as much as i thought i would i yeah i'm surprised that you bought it honestly i was i was going into it was the day or two before my wisdom teeth surgery oh there was a, a a multifaceted downside upside of 2020 for me having my wisdom teeth ripped out um, downside, I had to go through the surgery. Upside, my insurance paid for it. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, it was like two days before and I was like like doing all the things to like prepare myself for being like knocked out of action for a week. And I went past my favorite bookstore and I went in and I saw it sitting there on the like recommended table. And I was like, I've seen a lot of people talking about that, saying quite positive things. It's rated pretty decently on Goodreads. I'll get it. Cute. And yeah, I'm not enjoying it. I should have. There was another book on the table that I was going to buy instead that I should have purchased instead. I hated the first that. half. I liked the second half. Yeah, but I, I still don't think half. it's. Yeah, it's hard to get through the first half. It's, I struggled, mm. so I don't blame you. Yeah, I am struggling to get through it. I will get through it. It's the book that I was hoping to finish by the end of 2020. But as I mentioned, my cat's been unwell. So she's been at the vet and it's been like taking up all of my mental energy. I just haven't had enough like emotional width to also read Mm -hmm. the last few days as much as I would have liked to. So would you say that that's your least favorite book of 2020? No, probably not. I haven't finished it, so I can't make a judgment call. Yeah. So what's your least favorite? Um, It's. It, it splits between two for me. Um, one of them being um, Eleanor Oliphant is completely fine. We both really didn't like like reading that book. I hated this book. And I'm, I will rant in a minute about why. But I want to hear your other one. Yeah. Well, my other one is very similar to what you're going to say also, which is American Dirt. Um, yeah, those are my two only books I hated this yeah, year. <laughs> for for a lot of different reasons. Neither of us really liked Americana a huge amount either. Um, yeah, it wasn't bad, but, but it wasn't it. great. So like, yeah. it, it was it was a bit disappointing. So I was expecting it to be so much more enjoyable for me to read than it ended up being. I think that was my like, if I was disappointed about something, is that Americana for me personally? Like, it lives up to the hype for a lot of people. It didn't live up to the hype so much for me. Um, mm-hmm. But neither did Eleanor Oliphant or um, American Dirt. I mean, Cole and I have talked about both of these at length, and um, we've talked about American I Dirt. I don't think on the I've pod. ever. I don't think I've ever talked about why I hate Eleanor Oliphant so much. Um, on the pod, to you people. haven't. Yeah. I, I, not even in general. I haven't even really mentioned it on Instagram. I, the only thing, I've ranted to you and I've ranted yeah. in DMs to certain people. But, I, and I'm, I'm going to warn you, I'm going to get a little bit spoilery in this little section. But I think what pisses me off the most is the fact that there is no trigger warnings whatsoever to the fact that it is a book about someone who is severely affected with serious mental health issues from severe PTSD, from the fact that she was tortured and almost killed by her parents parents as a child and is t- 
to the point that she's hallucinating as an adult and pretending like her mother is still alive when her mother is dead. And it, they just don't acknowledge that at all. Like, like, do not acknowledge the mental health aspects of it no. whatsoever. You've got this character who is a severe alcoholic and depressed, who is abusing her body, that is stalking someone that she doesn't even know, and is hallucinating that her dead mother is still alive. And we're supposed to look at this character as someone who is quirky and funny, and that's how it's blurbed on the front of the book. Is like, if it was like, this is a serious book about mental health, then yeah, maybe I would have been good with it. But it's not the front blurb on it is like incredibly funny and it's yeah. not funny it's because you're either just like you're laughing at someone who has a mental health issue and is like weird because they have gone through some severe trauma or like and that just seems fucked up to me i don't know and i th- actually i honestly think <clears throat> excuse me i think that if you had read it and and you'd gone into it knowing that this was the kind of book that it was I still don't think that you would have liked it because it still didn't really deal with the mental health issue properly. It gets to the no, end and she hasn't, they haven't dealt with the fact that she has these severe issues and she's not getting, really getting help for it. She doesn't take his therapist seriously at any point. No, um, I know. She's, they're just like, oh, she went to therapy and now she like likes her coworkers. It's like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, yeah. And what? she didn't even, she didn't even take real value out of the therapy either from memory. I mean, it's been a long time since I've read this to be fair. It was like, right. Yeah, the beginning she of basically year, tells but. her dead mother that that she's hallucinating to piss off and that's supposed to be her like winning the situation and it's very obvious that the person who wrote the book does not actually like that those kind of hallucinations would be something that would be in line of like like bipolar um disorder with psychosis it's like she's literally having psychosis or something like like uh, schizophrenia or whatever like she's she's imagining voices talking to her that don't exist mm. and we're supposed to just think that she wouldn't have to see a psychiatrist and be medicated for that that pisses me off because it's 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 making light and like and telling people that they should be humorized by someone who's clearly dealing with severe psychosis from ptsd yeah and And, like they also frame it as like she's meant to be like super relatable because she's like quirky and like doesn't love her co-workers and all these things it's like nothing about her situation is relatable to most people no she literally tries to kill herself in the middle of the book and there's Mm. no like trigger warnings for suicide or anything in it like what yeah yeah so the whole book is actually like surprisingly dark and surprisingly fucked up in a lot of different ways that the author probably wasn't intending um yeah i'm not and like i really we were both very misled by it because there is so many things like all the like review quotes and things on the front of the book are just like oh my god this was like very quirky and humorous and like heartwarming and i'm just like okay cool whatever and we both wanted to read it as a result right you read it and you were so taken aback by it because you were expecting something completely different to what the book ended Mm -mm, up actually mm -hmm. being for you and you said you need to read this because I want to talk to you about it and I want you to kind of understand where I'm coming from when we do. So I read it. I got it from the library. And it was a really uncomfortable book for me to read and I couldn't really put my finger on it until we got to the very end and, like, all of the stuff unraveled. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah, this is really fucked up. There's nothing quirky and cute about this. Like, it, it was uncomfortable to read. It literally made me never want to read a book recommended by Reese Witherspoon ever again because she's blurbed on the front because it was one of her book club picks calling it incredibly funny. And to me, that's like, oh, so you have absolutely no awareness of mental health whatsoever and why this is fucked up. And mm. I am shocked and disappointed in you. And now I don't trust you. <laughs> yeah, well, it's like um, the Oprah's book club thing still recommending American Dirt left, right and center. Oh, Yeah. 
that's another one that pisses me off. Yeah, we've gone into why American Dirt pisses us off way too much on this pod already. We don't really need to go yeah. into it again. C- celebrity celebrity book clubs in general are trash. That's all we should learn. Collie's book club is not trash. It's other yeah. plugs. That's a 2020 positive. Want, yeah, 2020 positive. Our book club that we started, if you want to join, send me a DM. Um, we start again in January. Our next book is called The Good Immigrant, and it's a collection of essays. We are reading the UK version, not the US version, um, and that's what we're reading in January. So hit us up. Yeah, it's going to be good. The list for next year mm-hmm. is looking really awesome. And it's also an yeah. easier list to get a hold of this year because last well, last year, this current year, 2020, we read a lot of very popular books. Um, also, mm-hmm. like at the at the like peak of the Black Lives Matter movement this year when everything got really heated. Um, so mm-hmm. a lot of the books that we were reading were books that a lot of people were getting out of libraries and buying and all these different things, which is awesome, supporting these authors. Um, but it was really hard for us to get hands on books this year. Um, yeah. So next just, years are a lot easier. I got um, my my local bookstore gives me twenty um, percent off for my uh, one off of one purchase for my birthday, and so I just ordered all of the book club books for twenty twenty one with that, so that I could get twenty percent off. So I have all of them for next year on the way, which is nice. This is Coley buying up as many books as possible before she goes on a book buying ban in forty eight hours. <laughs> yeah literally oh god don't remind me it'll be good actually i i have no desire to buy any books right now actually that's not true when i bought the bought the books for the 2021 book club i also bought like a handful of new ones as well uh just to cap myself off for 2021 and i put in all my pre-orders for (laughs) my i also put in my pre-orders for my predetermined list i basically made a huge book over my predetermined list of all of my things that i said that i would be allowed to buy in 2021 i've already pre-ordered them so then i won't have to spend any money in 2021 on books and then things will just show up um, also, apologies for the helicopter you can hear overhead right now. There's been helicopters everywhere today. It's been very frustrating. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but I don't know if we mentioned before, but you are planning on doing a full book buying ban for 2021 because you I have think too I might film many a video unread about books. It. You should. I think. I, yeah. So maybe keep your eyes peeled in the next week. Maybe you'll see a video on the YouTube channel. Maybe not. Don't list every single book that you haven't read because you'll be there for hours. But <laughs> I think I might. So I watched another YouTuber do this where they they showed cased all of their unread books and they had like over 300, but they only showed them for like one second and they didn't talk, talk about what they were whatsoever. Mm. So maybe I'll do that. But I don't know. Depends on how, how much energy I have to actually edit it because that seems like a lot of editing. Yeah, I was about to say that sounds like an editing nightmare to me. Yeah. So should we wrap this one up? The last pod of 2020? I think we're done. We talked about everything. Yeah, but last little positive, we started the pod finally this year. I know. That was a good thing that came out of 2021. Yeah, we've been been talking about it for a while, and we finally managed to actually sit down and do it, which was a really nice positive. Yeah, being stuck at home has helped in that sense. Yeah. I mean, even then, though, we were stuck at home. We recorded some episodes, and then we didn't end up actually getting them out or like we weren't super happy with them and all these different things yeah um we re-recorded the first opening episode a couple of times because we recorded it and then it wasn't like topically relevant because so many things have moved so fast this year that like we'd talk about Mm -hmm. what was happening happening in our countries like regarding covid and it would be like seven months out of date so fast yeah so we we finally got there (laughs) i'm really glad we have some nice plans for what we're doing with the pod in 2021 we're going to get the instagram up and running in 2021 it exists currently so if you want to go follow it i will actually link it in the show notes this week um but we're going to start posting on that 
next year. So yeah, and and just thanks to everybody for listening and for joining in on us and giving us an excuse to keep chatting on FaceTime every week. So we love you guys lots, and thank you so much for listening. And I we hope that your 2021 is better than 2020. Yeah, we can only hope for positive steps forward and. And hopefully there's no, like, flame-breathing cannibals that come in 2021. (laughs) Honestly, I would would just crack up laughing and be like, of course, yeah. You had to to one-up 2020, didn't you? Just, like, just had to do something. (laughs) God. Alrighty, guys. We'll see you guys in the next one. And, Yeah. yeah. Bye. See ya.